Hey everybody, this is Connor with Friends Stream Sports. Just want to thank you for checking out our podcast. Hope you enjoy it. Check us out on our YouTube page as well, just by typing in Friends Stream Sports. Give us a like and subscribe. And if you want to join us live, we do record Tuesdays at 8 o'clock Eastern on Twitch, just by typing in Friends Stream Sports. Hope you enjoy the show. I'm Rutledge. Hey, I'm Connor. And we're Friend Stream Sports. We're real friends who talk about real sports in real time. And we're going to play some real throwback basketball today, Connor. You, you Rutledge, you are finally getting on the bandwagon for all-time teams. Uh, you could just call me a trendsetter. I think that's one way to think about it. I mean, at the end of the day, it is a video game. So, you know, let's play a video game sometimes. You know, the I have the Suns. Lakers series has been surprising, so we'll see how this series goes tonight. But I am excited to bring Kobe and Jerry West and Magic Johnson to your face. Rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. That was, uh, who would have thought that last January was, like, that was that was just the beginning. It was wild. Uh, for the sports world. That was wild for sure. Let it be known that, Rutledge, just because you are controlling the game means that's the reason we're in the Staples Center tonight and not a talking stick arena uh, because I have waxed you the last couple games. Yeah, um, maybe that's why I moved away. I just didn't want to admit it. That's okay. I've uh, I've had some issues too lately as it relates to calling things and, and being right on things. It really has. So I just kind of want to say uh, we're not starting good. Get it, Kobe. I want to kind of bring up you ever have a friend who can kind of weasel his way out of anything and you know weasel Rutledge? not a weasel no i guess not a weasel but the friend who's superpower is like he can get in an argument and then prove that what he said wasn't what he said and turn it around that my friends yeah i've heard of those people well that's connor Bourne. that's i'm not saying connor's never been wrong because connor's been wrong in his life and our friendship what I am saying is I have definitely seen Connor say some stuff and defend himself. So, Connor, we called it out in our promo. You really need to do some defense right now. Um, I just want you to go out there and defend yourself. This game yourself has been playing a lot of defense. This is a huge defensive game. Nothing's gone in. But either way, as I frame so, this up, Connor, I'm going to give you some topics. I need you to defend your takes. And we're just going to go through the ringer with you. Are you ready? Your first let's do one this. is... The current Sun series. You thought this is going to be like a breakaway Sun series, and not so much. You know, yes, I, I was convinced that, and LeBron could still very well be much more hurt than we are giving him credit for. But I was convinced that LeBron was, uh, was really going into this series, uh, just you know, being held together with gum and duct tape, and you know it. That hasn't necessarily been the case as I throw the ball right to Shaq. That's a great strategy. So. And the foul. The Suns, the Suns take and the foul. The Suns take game one. Chris Paul was a very important player in that game. And then all of a sudden the Lakers turn it on. LeBron and AD really play well. Uh, take the 2-1 series lead, which is where we were when we shot the promo on Sunday. And I thought, uh oh, this could be really bad. Uh, for the Suns. Now, here's where I was wrong, Rutledge, in two areas. 
Number one was, uh, you know, Anthony Davis. I was not anticipating Anthony Davis to get hurt. I, I don't know why. I, I just kind of figured let's fo- let's keep the focus on LeBron. But the fact that AD is the one who's hurting, I think, uh, could actually end up being a real positive for the Suns uh, with their big man game inside. Number two, uh, I think that I the other big L that I am holding is that I definitely underrated the value of Chris Paul. You saw Chris Paul not really play much in games two and three. That's a sign loss. You see Chris Paul play games one and four and talk is literally talk his way back into the game. That's a son's victory. So uh, yeah, I have a lot to rectify there. I still think that the Suns could definitely win, especially with AD out, but it's definitely gonna be a lot tougher of a series than initially anticipated. Okay. So, well, that makes it sound like you never even picked the Suns at all, or they never picked anything bad happen at all. Moving on. You said you're all in saying. on the Clippers, and you just love the Clippers, but uh, they're not all in. I I've been so I've been so weird on the Clippers. I was all in on them, and then they went down. You know, they went down a game. They went and they went down uh, down two zero to to what in the world? I was pressing to pass the ball, and uh, they went down two games to the Mavs, and I thought, wow, well, let's uh, let's stick a fork in the Clippers. You know, they did not show us, as it relates to last year, some good staying power. That's one of my favorite all-time words is staying power. And then all of a sudden, they've come roaring back to tie the series up at two. And I did a little research, and, you know, here's here's where I think that I was a little bit off in my prognostication, Rutledge. Uh, you know, I, I, I was giving so much credit, not just to Luca, uh, as the series progressed, I think, think, think about it from the Mavs perspective, but also I, I just kind of figured Chris Dops would be much more of an impact player so far. And, and so far in this series, Luka Doncic has averaged 38 minutes a night along with 33 points and eight assists. So that's a big time thing. Chris Dops has averaged, uh, has averaged 32 minutes a night, but 15 points and 1.3 assists. Luca is averaging over double than the next highest point score for the Mavs. That's Tim Hardaway Jr. On the other hand, the Clipper stars are doing what the Clipper stars need to do. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are crushing it. So I am definitely, I think that, I think that the Clippers definitely still have their work cut out for them, but man, they're playing well. Oh, what was that? There's been an awkward first quarter here for us here. This is uh this is probably one of our worst first quarters, although I seem to say that more and more. Proof that it's uh Allen Iverson would be upset about our practice. Allen Iverson would indeed be upset about our practice. But All right, so Connor. that's kinda how I'm feeling. So Rutledge, I want to hear one of your takes. I've been I've been yakking it up here for a while. Rutledge, why was I so wrong? Why was I buying into heat culture so much with the Bucks, And uh, they got shown the door. Because the heart wants what it wants, Connor. Because in the way heat culture, heat culture is what it is. It's exciting. It's dynamic. It's this, it's last year they were the underdog story. It's kind of like getting behind the game time, game time hype that it was. But what happened is 
and they had some inconsistent play, um, but the Bucks have just done work to maintain what they do. And I think that's where they didn't get a bunch of attention, we'll say from our show. And I don't know about a bunch of other talking kids. Everyone talked about them, but no one gave them the attention the same as the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Nets became the big thing in the East. The Bucks were just the silent killer. They held third place, the Sixers took the lead, and they just have spent time doing what they needed to do. Put talent around Giannis, build a complete team. I knew the Heat were just not in the same league when Chris Middleton sunk that shot in the first game to tie it and bring it up. The You saw the dynamic change in Pfizer for him. So I think, they're, you know, Heat culture is hot. It's sexy. It's, it's Miami. It's 305. But Milwaukee has a different team. I also think it's because Milwaukee really didn't do well in the playoffs last year that you were so in on Heat culture. That that could very well be the case. Uh, finally, Man City. I, I do want to defend myself ever so slightly as it relates to Man City. I understand that they were my they were my must going into the Champions League round of 16. But Man City, ever since they won the Premier League, had definitely took their feet off the gas pedal, and that showed not by losing one trophy game to Chelsea, but two trophy games to Chelsea. So, uh, although you know Man City was uh, rocking and rolling. They definitely struggled once they won the Premier League and had that big boat party uh, where Pep Guardiola was just smoking down and, and sucking down cigars like I sucked down bacon strips. And bourbon. Yeah, you know, we do what we can here in the Bourne household. I want to give a shout-out to Crowhee TV, who uh, is celebrating for Chelsea. Gave a little drop in the comments. Second week in a row. Good to see you again. Thanks for coming back out. Speaking of Chelsea, it's time to translate into our second quarter. So if you didn't, if you missed the first quarter, everybody, Connor defending his sports takes, uh, including calling me in to defect to vend why he loves heat culture so much. But we're live. We're Twitch. It's eight o'clock. It's Tuesday. Follow us and subscribe to us. We have so many platforms. We have a podcast. We have our Twitch stream. We have YouTube. We have. We're such a flexible brand that we're here for however you want to be a part of us. So we're the real triple threat. We are, we are, we can sing, dance, and act in any way that you need us. So it's really easy to take us on the go, watch us as you're trying to, you know, go to sleep, or even just come out and chat with us live. So we're here for us. Join us in any way you see fit. But something I want to join in is on some soccer talk, and I want to talk about, oh, that needed to go in. I wanted to talk about uh, the men's national team, Connor. So they put up a two- one loss to Switzerland, and we learned a lot about them. Um, there's still a bunch of question marks on defense. Of course, John Brooks from the back end, Mark McKenzie Moore in the midfield did good. But once Brooks gets off the field, there's uh, there's still some need for some people. Um, of course, they didn't have Zach Steffen, who's a starting goalkeeper. Christian uh, Pulsic was out because he was winning, of course, the Champions League with Chelsea. Um, we know that the men's national team is getting ready for the next World Cup qualifying for 2022, so they're having to play a lot of games. But uh, now they've got some pieces back. But, Connor, how good is Pulisic going to be? Pulisic? Pulisic? I'm horrible with names. Pulisic. 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 I didn't put the pulse uh, on that, that's for sure. You did not? I haven't been putting the pulse on, on the game tonight here. I think that Christian Pulisic 
needs to be I, I sure I sure think he needs to be the best player for the men's national team. It was very evident that although, you know, against Switzerland, they still had a lot of high quality players there. They didn't have the guy, as I like to say, the straw that stirs the drink, especially on offense. That's got to be Pulisic. Uh, he's he's kind of known as, quote, Captain America. And I think that he really needs to he needs to go out. He needs to come have a great gold cup. I know we're, we've had Nations League games coming up, things like that. He really needs to play well. Uh, to get this team to get this team thriving. Now, do I think that he's going to play well? I think that he is going to be more inconsistent than we than we want to give him credit for. I think that I think that there will be a few games where he really struggles, and I think that there'll be a few games where he gets a brace and an assist. So uh, that that's kind of what I think about Christian Pulisic. Uh, Rutledge, any other thoughts you want to add to the? the attack of the USA as we head into the summer and Nations League and Gold Cup. Pulisic. Pulisic. I'm learning. Um, mm-hmm. Nations League, of course, now they're getting, uh, you know, Daryl DK, of course, was out there, but he's helping them. Um, we just got to see what they kind of do. We're going to do the halftime hot take against against Honduras. I have a better feeling about this team and their depth of the run they can make than the team that missed the last World Cup. You know, we still have to answer some striker questions, but you can tell there's a culture change, and I feel like there's a talent development. Like you brought up before, with Pulisic being overseas, at least it's showing that Americans and DK going on such a big run for Barnsley, at least it's showing that Americans have better talent than what we're used to seeing. So... I think there's a bunch of question marks. Who's going to be in defense? You know, who's their big number nine? Who's going to be the scorers? How do they compete with other teams in the Kanaf- in the Kanafka Cup? I, um, I am struggling. Uh, Concacaf. Concacaf. Thank you, Connor. Concacaf. So, no, and, and you know, I think Redledge, you're right. You know, and, and you're ta- we're talking about the number nine spot for men's national team. I think that Josh Sargent really missed an opportunity to stake a claim into that number nine position for for the men's national team. Uh, he he missed a few pretty big big opportunities uh, right there in front of goal. Could have really made more of an impact. Maybe have made it two two or even uh, bagged a brace. So I think that Josh Sargent really missed that opportunity. Uh, watch out for Gio Reyna. I'm really excited to watch him play with Christian Pulisic. Uh, well, just continue to set things up. He's always just incredibly creative. So I am, I'm here for the creativity of Gio Reyna. Uh, call me, call me someone who likes, likes big names, but I think Timmy Wea, uh, could have a big summer. Watch him flying down the wing for the men's national team. Uh, cause he's played that winger in the four, three, three, uh, throughout a lot of his career. So, uh, you know, I think, It'll be interesting to see how this summer plays out, but uh, there's still a lot of work to do. I think that this team is not the team from four years ago, but in a lot of ways, there's a ton of hype around this team and almost the thought of, oh, it's a given right to make the World Cup. Uh, there's a lot of teams in CONCACAF that would love nothing more than to beat the U.S. Definitely. So one of those teams could be Honduras as they get ready to play this Thursday. Now we transition to our second half. We'll bring it back into some Got more. That. There we go. Buckets. 
1814 Lakers, Suns, all-time teams here in 2K. But let's transition to more American time. So, Connor, Orlando City lost their first game of the season. They played the New York Red Bulls, lost 2-1. But before we announce that and break down that game, huge announcement that broke this afternoon while I was walking around a grocery store is uh, Daryl DK is coming home. Our boy's coming back. He's done being overseas. How do you feel? I, w I feel like I wish that we had the licensing to the song, He's Coming Home. I'm coming home, coming home. Well, don't you know that sing song? anymore. We can't pay for that. <laughs> so, no, definitely exciting about that. I think that, you know, we've, <laughs> we've been able to really hang on for some results and some points. And although this is not a strong New York team, especially as New York is dealing with some injuries of Aaron Long, speaking of men's national team, uh, you know, the Aaron Long who tore his Achilles, so best of luck in his recovery. But I think that, yeah, it, it, it's obvious that Tesho Akindeli is not the answer at, at, uh, at that number nine position long term. Maybe could come in, provide some juice off the bench. But he is, he is definitely, you know, he's not, he's not the guy. So, and there's a lot of folks that had to step in and play a role, and they just kind of came up flat. Uh, you know, we didn't have Nani serving the second game of his two-game suspension for shoving a ref. Can't do that, dude. Uh, you know, we didn't have Ruan. Uh, we didn't have uh, a, few, a few really consequential players, and I think that showed on Saturday. I am excited with what Vanderwater did, though. He didn't start, but he did come in and contribute the goal of the game. Um, as we've talked, he's still adding his wealth, and I'm happy to see that he's continuing to become a piece that the team needs. Oscar Perea teams are known to bring in a lot of youth and a lot of um, unknown names and kind of build them up through the system. So I'm still happy with Vanderwater's performance. What's interesting about Vanderwater, I don't know if you noticed this, his first goal was much more difficult than the one that he put 10 feet over, uh, you know, that the goalpost you know, right there in the 88th minute that would have tied it. And I know that I'm sure that had there been a ball at my feet, I could be right in front of an open goal and totally botch it. But Sylvester Vanderwater does get paid, you know, that is his profession to make goals and to do good at soccer. So I wish he played better there, but uh, he's he definitely came on strong and is proving that he deserves more playing time in the midfield for Orlando. Yeah, definitely as it shows, the Orlando City is still moving in the right direction, but when the going gets tough, they still got to get going. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a quick first half. That was a very quick, low-scoring first half. As we're sitting here, Lakers 26, Suns 22, Friends Stream Sports Live, 8 o'clock, Tuesday night. Come out, subscribe to us. We're going to pause, and I'm not going to screw this up this time. I promise, because I'm leading, so I'm really nervous. But it's time for our world-famous halftime hot takes. Before we start halftime hot takes, please help us gain 50 YouTube subscribers. Come out, find us on YouTube right now, Friends Stream Sports. Type it in, follow us, click subscribe. Right now, do it. Do it. Okay, do Connor. It. So our halftime hot take is a soccer hot take. I think this is one of our first ones. Um, this June 3rd, 7.30, so two days from now, the U.S. men's national team will play Honduras. 
in a Kanafka Cup game. So as that goes, we're going to say, what is the score? So I am going to come out and I'm going to give it a 2-1 men's national team against Honduras. I believe Pulisic is going to be... He's going to be a good at a piece. He wasn't a starter for Chelsea out there in the Champions League. He was a sub. He's going to be fresh. He's going to be a little rested, but he's going to be hungry. He's tasted some victory. He doesn't want to lose his next game. So um, I can see it that he'll come in and be a little bit of an added piece. And they'll, they're going to give up a goal because, like we said, defense in question marks. But I think it's going to be they're going to show with this extra player they can score more. So I'm going 2-1. Nice. That's pretty. That's pretty hot. But I'll raise you up a notch. I am the Suns. One oh Honduras. That's that's pretty hot. And I know you know why am I picking against America? I think that I think that America needs a wake up call. The men's national team need, needs a wake up call. And I could see a situation where they kind of sleepwalk their way into the Honduras match, and and lose one oh one and really have to start performing, uh, which uh, you know. That, that's kind of the M.O. of the men's national team is they sort of just squeak by and, and can squeak out a lot of results. But this time I don't think it'll be enough, and I think I can see Honduras pulling off the upset 1-0 over the men's national team. We will see where we land up. Hopefully this will trend with like everything from our first quarter, and Connor, you are wrong. And I'm right, so we'll find out. Wrong-o. All right, let's see if Rutledge can... Oh, good job. I did it. I got out of the pause menu. I got out of the pause menu. Good uh, speaking job, of getting out, it is currently, I want to do a live score update. Brooklyn and Boston are playing. It is a 3-1 series lead for Brooklyn, and the score is right now, uh, Brooklyn has got 40, Boston 38, 7 minutes and 48 seconds left in the second quarter. Nice, and I'm I'm sneaking up on you here, Rutledge. I'd watch out if I were you. I see that. So the best way for me to win games in this game is to distract Connor by making him talk. Kobe. Oh, did you see that Kobe one-handed dunk? That was awesome. You know, you know what a great way for me to uh, get you off track from the game, Rutledge. Talking about the fans. Talking about the fans. What? There's been a lot of craziness, like there. There's been a lot of stories going on, uh, not on the floor during playoff games for all the wrong reasons, Rutledge. Uh, I think it was a Kyrie got hit in the head with a water bottle. There was a fan that tried to play some air basketball last night at the Wizards. Trey Young got uh, the spit Wizards on. Game. Yeah, you got folks getting spit on. You got some interesting fan situation going on. So... Here's my take on fans, and and I was watching the Wizards game last night, and first of all, shout out to the security guard that absolutely just like owned the Wizards fan who just broke up a play and jumped in and did a layup. It was like a middle school dare, but it was just a bad middle school dare. Like, hey, I dare you to go on the court and dunk a layup while they're running a play. Like, don't. And... Russell Westbrook had some talk on ESPN today and he, he said he said it how we don't think of sports, but I think it was needed to be said. This is a job. This is their job. They take it very serious. These people get paid a lot. But on that, you as a fan, you bought a ticket. You spent money to show up to watch a sporting event. So act like you've been there before. Have a little bit of class. 
You know, you didn't show up to play in the sporting event. You should have taken middle school basketball more serious. But instead, you're here to watch the sporting event and drink a $12 beer. So sit there quietly and do that. So I, I'm, I don't like this is happening. Um, I will admit as a fan, I'm a heckler. I'll openly say Georgia Southern University, we're a mean fan base, right? So it's not the matter of that. I'm not against fans being fans. That's why we go two games. But I think it's wrong that we think this is acceptable behavior. Rutledge, I couldn't agree more. I think that the NBA, like literally the next time the NBA starts to see has a fan interaction, they need to charge somebody to the fullest extent of the law. <laughs> I, I do not want to overstate there. You know, people are there for a good time. You know, they're there to have fun. You know, we've just been in a pandemic, right? We've had to watch so much sports without fans in the stands, you know, and, and being all locked down. And what are we doing? We, we can't, we need to have nice things here. Come on, guys, what's going on? So I, I think that, uh, you know, the more that we see issues with the fans, I mean, the NBA might start to put things like physical barriers up, right? That might be a thing. You could see that in a future CBA contract of, of that. So I think that the NBA should uh, say, you know what, we're going to make an example out of the next person that really does something wild. And I'm not talking, I'm not talking just make sure they never get to go to a game again. I'm saying like, hey, you know, you're th think about if you're walking down the street and somebody throw a water bottle at your head, right? That's assault, <laughs> right? So I think that's something that should definitely be uh, taken very much into consideration. And it doesn't really matter that, you know, Kyrie's super strong and, and this other guy is not. That doesn't matter. He's, he's got a projectile, and I think that that's, that's pretty unsportsmanlike. And I, too, am a heckler. I've been literally called out before in a college basketball game from somebody in the stands uh, due to my heckling. I kept, it, I kept it fun, but I definitely was getting after the player for North Central for Wheaton College victory. So, no, it, it you know, uh, I, I could I could see some hurt feelings, but we can't have hurt players, Rutledge. We have enough hurt players in the playoffs right now. We definitely do, and I, I agree with what you say there. It's uh, that, that fan in Boston, he got a felony charge, but it's got to be, I think it's got to be a little, it's got to be a big deal. But you're right, hurt players. People are getting hurt out there, not because of, uh, not because of fans, but, uh, AD has a groin injury and will miss game five, which is tonight. Yep. No, he was, he was, uh, supposed to be doubtful heading into the game. Uh, or he was up, at, was up in the air. It was late, late breaking news, uh, that he was doubtful and he is, uh, he's out. So definitely going to be, uh, going to be working towards, that 4AD, as I already touched on earlier, I think that that's a huge issue for the Lakers. I almost think that they're toast uh, if AD is going to be uh, if AD is going to be having to deal with that issue injury issue for the rest of the series. and might not be able to play. He definitely shows that he is the secret valuable piece where LeBron is kind of commanding the ship, and AD is the executor. Where instead of young LeBron was like, I command the ship and I execute. Without AD, they're just not the same team. You, you'd have to say it's a big deal to say that a team with LeBron James playing is probably not going to do well, even though LeBron James is on the court. And you 
can't you can't rely on Andre. I mean, Andre Drummond and Markeith Morris, Rock Chalk Jayhawk. I do love me some Markeith Morris, but you you can't rely on those guys to soak up all the big man minutes, right? I, I think that the Suns have too much going on, and that they can do a lot of things, especially with CP3. And uh, I still believe that CP3, although probably the most valuable player on his on his uh, team, I will I will walk that back just a little bit. I don't think he's the best player on his team. Uh, you know, you got Devin Booker out there who can just still flat out ball. So um, definitely got to be got to be working out there. So uh, along with AD, there is another big man that just got injured again last night. We've got a couple as I like to call porcelain dragons out there. Uh, and they all happen to be big men. Rutledge, uh, let, talk me through that. Joel Embiid got hurt, and he left the game last night. And what was the 76ers were trying to close out the series against the Washington Wizards. Um, and I watched a good chunk of that game, and you saw that without him, the Wizards were able to sort of execute their will and their way all over the 76ers. It was like watching a different team. Joel Embiid is very valuable for that team. And if you weren't a big believer in him before, you need to be now. It shows how it's so hard to win an NBA championship based off the power of one. So, um, if Not the power of love, the power of one. The power of one. The power of one's love. Um, that's, that's true. But as it goes, I really think... Nice green release. Um, with Joel Embiid out, you know, who knows what's going to happen in this series. It could go seven. It depends on how quickly he comes back. But um, I don't know. Do you know his timeline, Connor? No, it, it definitely seemed like sort of a day-to-day -day type thing where, you know, he rests. Maybe Doc wants to rest him for game five, and then he's back for game six, uh, assuming that that's still needed. So, no, did, speaking of Doc, did you watch Doc Rivers' uh, press conference? Tell me about it. Tell I did. I oh, they were it. just talking about to him about you know why did you take Ben Simmons off the floor? Do you, you know, do you think that he is uh, you know what kind of impact does Ben Simmons have? And, and one of the things that I love about Doc, it's, he's been around the league for so long, and he's he's got so much respect of his players. He'll just he'll get after the officiating, just like I'm just getting got after right now. But, having quite a big uh, third quarter here in the Staples Center. Quite a big third quarter here, and another steal. We need to get Steve Nash off the floor here in a big way. Kobe. Kobe. So, no, I think I think Doc Rivers had uh, he had some words to say for the officiating crew, or not the officiating crew, the media crew there after Game Five, just because you know people always think. People always want their stars to do one thing. Ben Simmons doesn't do – he's not the 40-point-a-night guy. Ben Simmons will uh, do so many things outside of that. He just he needs to be more appreciated for the things that he does, he needs not the to things have, that he doesn't do. He needs to have a big next game, though. That, yeah, yeah, I, I could see that. Um, really quick in the last 40 seconds – oops, just drove myself out of bounds. The last quick 40 seconds, updates in the playoffs – uh, Memphis and Jazz are at 3-1 series. Clippers and Dallas are tied. Denver and Portland are tied. Phoenix and Los Angeles are tied. All at 2-2 series. Um, Wizards won, so it's 3-1 with 76ers-Wizards. 
And it is New uh, Atlanta is beating New York, which Connor, you said that thing was going to go to seven. Atlanta absolutely took themselves took New York down this week. Uh, Milwaukee is closed out, beating Miami, and Brooklyn, Boston is right now. So that is the NBA playoffs. It's a good tournament. It's a really good time. There's still a lot of. It's enough basketball. The West, I will say, from what I'm seeing, I'm surprised that the West is as much contention as there is. I really thought the West would be a little bit more, um, you would see it be swayed. You know, the East, of course, we know was heavy, but I didn't think the West was going to be so close. You know, I, I take the opposite approach. I, I thought that, you know, the West was, the West is usually better top to bottom, or kind of, you know, we'll say seeds three through eight, uh, but being able to, uh, being able to, oh, and the bonus now, good night. Uh, being able to uh, have just a ton of really good talented teams is going to have for a lot of good talented series. So uh, very interested to see how West will continue to get one. Oh, that foul shot was horrible. I agree. Um, score update, Brooklyn 51, Boston 42. As we end the third quarter, there is four minutes and 22 seconds left in their second quarter. But we're ending our third quarter here, Friendstream Sports, live on Twitch. Follow us on Twitch. Subscribe on YouTube. Find our podcast. Give us some love. Send us a dove. Friendstream Sports. Send us a dove. I would prefer the bird, not the chocolate. Trying to lose some weight. Oh, there's I prefer of, the chocolate. There's a lot of barbecue up here, Connor. I went to a buffet that was all you could eat with ribs, fried chicken, barbecue, and sides that you thought there was just a grandma in the back churning them out. And uh, I left there. I was injured. I definitely left there injured this weekend. I had some barbecue yesterday to celebrate Memorial Day. Little Four Rivers? No, uh, Little Costco. Oh. We Costco. Did, picked, up, picked up a package of Costco burn-ins, and Betsy made a pretty, pretty amazing batch of mac and cheese, and we just went nuts. We watched Terminator. Betsy had never seen Terminator before. So we did we did the double header, Terminator One, Terminator Two, with uh, mac and cheese and burnt end sandwiches. Has she seen Jaws yet? Betsy is Betsy has not seen Jaws. Remember, she is afraid of fish. All right. So she's afraid of fish and gratuitous violence. Josh has a fish and gratuitous violence. It is definitely both of those things. And the block and. That was almost real silky smooth there from J-Kid. Almost. So, almost, but you know what they say, almost only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. But Will Chamberlain was nervous there by the presence of Jason Kidd. Drive the lane. That's why when drive I got the lane. In the Break the play up, drive the lane. Okay. Doc Rivers did give a good take on the bench when he was doing a timeout last night. He said, he's like, the play's going to break, whatever. You just have to keep playing basketball. I was like, man, this is... This is some good coaching. Sometimes, sometimes it's as easy as that. It was, it was some pretty good stuff. Speaking of coaching, um, someone's been going through some workout reps and got a little, uh, got a little film time. Pat McAfee broke it down, but Tim Tebow, there's a little bit of tight end film out there. Have you seen this footage, Connor? Uh, Tim Tebow with his biceps for days. I sure have. So, uh, besides him doing the keto diet really well. What did you think of watching Tebow do a little tight end reps? 
you know, it, it, it's early. It's he still has yet to make the team. He's still, you know, they, we're we're still way way early to be talking about all that. I think I think you know reps on air is one thing, and catching the ball maybe with you know no shoulder pads, but in kind of a perimeter, you know, seven on seven type situation is a, is another thing. But you know, as I. I, I, there's still a lot of time to tell that story for sure. The interesting thing about Tim Tebow, though, is I, I read an article, actually, and some of the big criticisms about Tebow, you know, there's there were, have been a lot of big criticisms about Tebow, but I think one of the interesting ones really was that he is not quieting all all the kind of hate for him. He's not coming out. He's not you know, and, and I don't know the best way how to do this, but he's he's being as Tebow is continuing to do his tight end deal. Uh, he he's not he's always known for saying the right thing when he's in the spotlight, and I think he's having an issue sort of not being in the spotlight, but not quite knowing what to say. And in some ways, I think a little bit more of Tebow, the interviewer, could be a little bit less in terms of him being able to diffuse situations. Yeah, you haven't really heard of him a lot. Seems to be very under the wire. I think he's just trying to get on the roster and, you know, not worry about that. Because remember when he was in New England, it was so much of a zoo that Bill Belichick, I think that's why they cut him. I mean, I know it was obviously play and other stuff, but once Bill Belichick had like one one Tim Tebow interview fiasco, I'm sure he just went in the office and told, yeah, um, Tebow, he's uh, he's got to go. You know, we We can't have this. Too much, too much talk going on. We gotta uh, too much like him. But, the T uh, in Tebow stands for too much talk. Too much talk. <clears throat> you know, electrifying college football player, controversial topic of an NFL quarterback, whatever. But either way, someone who's a little bit more productive, who we know how good they are, is Julio Jones. And of course, Julio Jones came out and said on TV on the phone with Atlanta, "I'm out of there." <clears throat> And there's been many teams that have been talks. There's been the Patriots have been a big one. Um, I saw a little bit of Seahawks stuff on Twitter, which I think that would be amazing to see Tyler Lockett um, and Julio Jones and DK Metcalf, you know, let Russell cook. But uh, what Julio Jones stuff have you picked up out there? Did you see that there is a chance that and Sharp broke the California wiretapping laws? Because he didn't declare that he was on air. No, and um, who's the who's the who's the co-host on that show? He used to be on ESPN Forever. Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless. Yeah, Skip Bayless tried to cover for him. I watched that clip. He's like, he's like, say we're on air. Say, say, say it. Say you're on. Say you're on the phone. Yeah, that was a big. You know, I'm sure that that was. I'm sure it was all staged, but that still, you know, because. It was a big time blunder. Like just because it's staged doesn't mean that someone couldn't get really mad about that, and even potentially press charges. Uh, you know, I, I know Shannon tries to be nice and fun and cheeky on the show, and there's it's all good time. But uh, I mean, that literally that's the wiretapping law. So I think that there is a, I think that there are some issues there to work through. I think that. Uh, you know, in terms of the Seahawks, I'm gonna th- I'm gonna throw this back at you, Rutledge, and I'm gonna ask: Is this what the Seahawks need? Uh, you know, they have they have Tyler Lockett, 
They have DK Metcalf. They played the um, – they picked in the, with their first pick the um, – they picked the uh, wide receiver. I'm forgetting. He was a – he played really well in the senior bowl. But do they need Julio Jones? If, if Pete Carroll keeps on electing to run the ball and play defense and the defense still gives up 45 points a game – because that's what the Seahawks defense has done in the back end lately. Could that be? Could there be some personality issues there for something that's not even guaranteed in terms of Russell Wilson's future? Um, you know, that one's going to be. I think it would be a personality thing. Of, I don't think there'd be personality issues because Julio Jones doesn't come out and talk out a lot. He's not like the biggest personality issue was, of course, Terrell Owens. Um. Do Seattle need him? No, they need offensive line and protection for Russell, Russell Wilson. If you have a receiver like Julio Jones, is it going to spread out what Russell wants to do in the deep in the downfield and like throw deep balls and do that moon throw pass that he loves to do? Yeah. It's not going to be, you know, good players make good plays on the field. Well, if you have another receiver that he can throw to, it'll go good. And Russell Wilson's one opportunity, as someone who's watched, watched a lot of Russell Wilson play, is when the play breaks down and he doesn't see where to go, he's either going to throw the route that was intended or he's going to force it to whoever his favorite target is. Whether that's Tyler Lockett, it was Doug Baldwin for a while, but a couple of, usually his interceptions are he gets nervous, he gets desperate, and he throws it to someone that he doesn't need to throw it to. So I think to have that extra target of just, hey, here's my release valve um, in Julio Jones, and while Julio Jones isn't like a like a release, like a two-yard release valve, at least you have another piece added to the puzzle, and it'll make defenses have to figure it out. Um, I was going to ask, did you just call Julio Jones a check-down guy? He is not a check-down guy. That's, wow, that's big time. That's that's a hot take. Julio Jones is definitely not your check-down receiver. Um, is he going to have to go somewhere where he's going to have to be the star? That depends on Julio Jones. Right? Or does Julio Jones just, you know, he's set records, he's done stuff, he just wants to win is what I keep hearing. So let the man win. Let him go out there and make some catches. I say put him on a team where he's a system. Go in the NBA route for your receiver core. Just put a bunch of really good guys together and see how it goes. So like, do the Madden thing. Do the Madden where thing. Where you get all the best guys on the team. I mean, that that depends on coaching. You know, I don't think the Madden thing works, but as we saw with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, if you have the coaching staff to support it, then it'll work out. You know, there's little quotes that Bruce Arian comes out with from time to time, just like little quips that he says. And he he, he knows he knows how to uh, lead a team of NFL players, that's for sure. He'd probably be a... He would, especially at this stage in his career, I don't think he'd be a good college coach, but he knows how to coach NFL guys. So, you know, it could work out in Seattle, but there's also talks about him going to Baltimore. There's just a bunch of people that are excited for the possibility of playing with Julio. Oh, yeah. So as we get down to the business end of the game here, Rutledge, any, any Justin Herbert news? Um, Connor, I know you love to talk about Justin Herbert, and I gave all my man crush points out last week. So what do you have? You know, the the best piece that I have is uh, just some info from Brandon Staley, uh, who was talking about just how quickly Justin Herbert is 
Oh, that's all right. Hack a shack, though. You're going to send shack to the foul line? That's not fair. Hey, you know, you've got literally the best team in this game, so I think I'm allowed to do that. Yeah. Uh, no, I, Justin Herbert is uh, – he's picking up the offense really well, so that's that's good. I think that the big thing I, – I just hope it works out for him because if he – Let's say it doesn't work out. They pull, you know, the ownership has a quick trigger and they change the offense, give Justin Herbert another offense. We're talking about really four offenses in four years, right? Because if you count the one he had his senior year of Oregon, then you count the one he had as a rookie, and now year two is a different offense. Uh, I think that I think that you have to really, really start to think about really start to think about being, uh, being, uh, you know, giving this guy some continuity. So. Yeah. He's got to get some, he's got to get some time. He's got to get settled. You would hate for the system that he's in and the unfairness of learning all these playbooks to be what ruins his legacy as a, as a quarterback, but that can only be forgiven for so long. Who knows? Maybe, uh, Maybe he gets traded to Jacksonville and gets to hang out with Urban Meyer. And then we're both closer to seeing him in person. I know that they've got I Trevor Lawrence. I, I would not be a him. fan of that. No. He's... Who knows? No, no. But So, Rutledge, uh, by the way, what else What else did you do during Memorial Day besides go to go to the store and get, uh, you know, go to the, the restaurant to get all the sides cooked up by the grandma? Oh, we uh, we uh, we did a low country boil for not those familiar with what that is. That's the shrimp, sausage, corn, some potatoes. We bought some crab legs and put it in there. A little Dungeness crab, cooked that in a big pot. Let that stir up. That was really good. Ate that, and then I turned in some leftovers in that. Um, overall, it was a really good Memorial Day weekend. I got to spend some time with the wife. Got to get some sunshine. Sit outside. It was warm in Georgia, but not unbearably hot in Florida. And that's been about that was about your Memorial Day, Connor. You said you ate some barbecue, some macaroni and cheese. What was Betsy's favorite some, scene out of Terminator? Uh, Betsy loved when all the lines were being said. So, like the first time when Arnold said, "Come with me if you want to live," that was really, really. She loved that. Uh, I'll be back. Uh, she loved that. The other fun thing that we did was watch the watch the uh, Universal Studios Terminator show that they used to have. So we did that. That was fun. Oh uh, yeah, I remember that show. That was. But you and I were there. We went to that together during its like last week. We saw it together. Oh yeah. Against its like its little last its little last week of time, and then after that. We got rained on. We ate ice cream. Oh yeah. Hey, hot, hot breaking news. While we're waiting for this timeout to, uh, I think if you hit circle, if you're done being the coach, that should finish that out. I'm making some adjustments. Uh, John, Don't I am John being the coach Beeline, over here. John Beeline to uh, be the new head coach of the Pistons. Oh. Any quick takes on that? I have none. I mean, he's a he, guy. He, he's already. Had a chance, and he in the NBA, and he hasn't done well. But that's kind of how NBA coaches go. All these professional leagues, you get a couple. Once you break into the head coaching ranks, 
you get a couple shots. So I maybe it'll work out. He is the quote Michigan man. Oh, the Michigan man. That's like Jim Harbaugh. When Jim is Harbaugh is going to have a longer leash for Michigan football because he's the quote Michigan man. You know, maybe one day that that curse of Michigan will be broken and they actually hire a real coach who's going to win the real championships. But then again, that's what makes college football college football. The beautiful convoluted game, as I like to think of it. Two, one. Good game, Rutledge. Back, back on top. Back on top. It only took me being probably the best game in NBA 2K to beat Connor by seven points and only score 62. But either way, Connor, um, let's do a quick pick. So tonight... You know, we're just going to pick tonight's basketball games. We have two, uh, Portland and Denver and Los Angeles and Phoenix. Uh, who are you taking winning those two? Between Portland and Denver going with the Nugs and Lakers-Suns, uh, going Suns. I'm also Nugs going... Nugs and Suns. I'm also going Nugs and Suns. This week also NASCAR is heading to Sonoma Raceway for the Toyota Save Mart 3 50, a road course, so I'm taking for our poll winner the road course king of Mr. Chase Elliott. Mm, Chase Elliott. I, you know, I've thought long and hard about this, Rutledge, as I'm sure, as I'm sure you know. I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Denny Hamlin. Okay. That's a hot take. Connor, go hot Denny Hamlin. Hot take. Either way, is that well, thanks goes. for having us out here tonight. Yeah, what a night, what a show. Uh, thanks for everyone coming out to watch us. Thanks for Crowheed TV for dropping some things in the comments. I do agree with what you said. I did have a great Memorial Day. It was a good time. Um, but either way, for all those of you listening to us, remember, subscribe on YouTube, follow us on Twitch, uh, find our podcast. We're here for you. You're here for us. Be our friend. We want to be your friend. Uh, Connor, any parting words? Let's go, sons. Let's see if they get it done. Well, for that tonight, uh, I'm Rutledge. And I'm Connor. Have a great night.